Every relationship has its ups and downs. We all have good days and bad days, and it usually works as long as us and another person don't have our bad days on the same day. There are times when we get it wrong with one another, and times when we misunderstand one another, and life just gets hard. We make things right by apologizing to each other and listening to each other, like we said last week. And we work on changing our behavior to try and, and make things up with other people. Our relationship with God is no different. Believe it or not, I'm very good at arguing with God. I don't know about you, but what can we do to go deeper in our relationship with him? Let's take a look. Jesus didn't always speak clearly. He often spoke in pictures, using everyday things and everyday situations that people at the time would understand. But he didn't always explain what he meant by them. One day, his disciples, having heard these stories for a while, came to Jesus and went, Oi, Jesus, this is my paraphrase, by the way. Um, what are you on about? Why do you keep speaking in stories? He had been just given a group of people the parable of the sower, this, this, this um, parable about this man who's sowing seeds in his field. And he answered them by actually using the parable of the sower to give them the answer. Just like today, people have many reasons for not listening and not taking in information that, that we give them. We talked about things like confirmation bias last time. If we hear news, we can not believe it. We can think, oh, that sounds a really good theory, but then in real life, it doesn't really work. We can get disappointed because we're not willing to, to change and so the thing just doesn't work anyway without us doing anything and we'll put the effort in. Or sometimes we are really hungry for the truth and then we want it. So let's take a look at this parable of the sower that Jesus was talking about. And Jesus started it with, he who has ears, let him hear. Here's that phrase again. So here we go. This is from Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse three. It says this. Then he told them many things in parables. Yes, many times. Saying this, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky place, on a rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. That phrase again. And that Jesus explains to his disciples later, with, they have that discussion about why you're talking stories, and then he gives them this, this, this explanation, starting with verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. 
the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and make it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred or sixty or thirty times what they were sown. Okay, let's break this down a bit. I'm going to use another translation called the message for the same passage as we go along. Okay, let's take a look at the path. The message says it like this. When anyone hears the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it remains on the surface so that the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. This is the seed the farmer scatters on the road. There are those of us who will only believe something if we want to. Have you heard of the phrase, the will not to believe? It's choosing not to believe something because it doesn't fit our worldview or our belief system, the things that we want. A good example of this was um, during in Nazi Germany during World War II. There were good people there and they were started hearing these rumors. They knew that the, the Jewish people were going off in these transports and they started hearing rumors of these really bad things happening. But they thought, that can't really be happening. No, that would never happen. And they didn't believe it, even though it was really happening. Confirmation bias is something where we only agree with news that conforms to my beliefs. Those who don't believe in climate change, well, they won't believe any science that goes and tells them that it's right. Just like climate change scientists won't believe anything that anybody else brings them if they don't, don't agree with it. We build this echo chamber around us where we only hear what we want to hear. People with very set beliefs, either for or against certain religious beliefs, are not easy to change in their points of view unless something really major happens in their life to shake the ground of their beliefs. That Remember that hard path that the seed's sown on. Maybe it needs a natural disaster or the death of someone they care about. You see, because when those things happen, that's when we find out if our theory and real life actually match up. And if we find that they don't, these traumatic situations plow up that hard ground in our belief systems and our way of thinking and it allows us to consider things from a new perspective. Okay, let's look at the gravel next to the, the, the stony ground. The message says this, the seed cast on the gravel. This is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm, but there is no soil of character. So when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there's nothing to show for it. Plants need to set down roots and so do beliefs. Sometimes something sounds good and exciting and attracts us, but we aren't really committed. Have you heard of New Year's resolutions? In January, the gyms are usually very full of all those people with their New Year's resolutions to get fit. But by March or April, they empty out quite a lot because there was no real commitment, no roots 
to that resolution. So in reality, long-term, nothing changed. If our growth in God is only surface level, only behaviors on the outside that make us look good, it won't be long before it's forgotten like that gym membership. To really give root to your relationship with God, just like any other relationship, it can't just be surface level, but to allow God into all of our lives, not just the emotions on the surface. Okay, let's take a look at the weeds now. The next bit says, the seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what's heard and nothing comes of it. I don't know about you, but I've heard quite a few people tell me, oh, I tried Christianity, but it didn't work. We often expect that once we become a Christian, life will be easy. Sometimes we get sold that, we get told that that's how it's gonna happen, that's what attracts us to it. But just like, have you heard of the couch to 5K? You know, you, you one week you're on the sofa, bit by bit over a period of time, you build up to running five kilometers. But if you give up as soon as it feels hard, you'll be back on the sofa in a week. We want life to feel good. And we want to surround ourselves with things that make us feel good. But Christian life doesn't always feel good because real life doesn't always feel good. God's grace is free, but really making him God in our lives and not just an idea is costly. When we love somebody, it costs something. We may give up going to a sporting event because our partner wants to go to the theater. We may give up eating our favorite food because our partner is allergic to it. Maybe we even move cities and move away from our job and our friends because our partner's got a new job in another city. Love implies doing something for someone else that maybe costs something, <clears throat> that costs us something. But sometimes we don't want to let go of these things. We love our job too much or we love our sports event too much. I'm gonna tell you another parable. There once was a little little girl, and you know those little plastic beads that stick together and make to form necklaces, those little pop beads. She had this wonderful necklace of pop beads. And oh, she loved her pop beads, and she wore them all day, and she wore them to bed. She wore them in the bathtub. She wore them to school all the time. And then one day, her dad came up to her, and her dad said, my daughter, would you give me your necklace of pop beads? And she went, no, Daddy, I love my pop beads. They're my favorites. And again, the daddy said, would you please give me your pop beads? So finally, the little girl looked into her dad's eyes and she saw his love and she loved her dad. So she went, okay, Daddy, I'll give you my pop beads. And she took them off and handed them to her dad. And her dad took them in one hand and in the other hand he took out a package from his hand from his pocket when she opened it up there were real pearls sometimes we can treasure things that are like that little girl's pop beads but god has something better for us can we trust god enough to believe he has good things in store for us. And if he challenges us on something, if he challenges us to lay aside something, to pull back the, the, the weeds and to pull back the difficult things, that 
he actually loves us enough to give us something better in return. Sometimes, one of the biggest weeds can be disappointment. Maybe we prayed for someone to be healed and they weren't healed. Or maybe we prayed for a baby and instead got years of infertility. It's easy to let these disappointments choke out our faith in God and our trust in Him. I'll talk more about this in the future because it's a big subject. But for now, I'll just say this. We can choose when we reach a big disappointment like this, something that's really, really big. We can choose to either run to God into his comforting arms or run away from him, assuming that he has caused this. Like a child who stomps her feet when she doesn't get what she wants, that expensive present that she wants. We make demands of God sometimes that become deal breakers. But we don't realize that God sees a bigger picture and is able to care for us in the greatest disappointments if we run to him and not away from him. Now let's take a look at the good soil. In verse 23, the Message Bible says this, the seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. We don't all have to be perfect to have good soil. We just need to be willing. We do need to have these qualities. We need to be willing to listen, to evaluate what God says, to think about it, not disregard it because it disagrees with our preconceived notions of what we think is right. But we need a willingness to allow God to affect our attitudes, not just our actions, what's going on in our heart and our mind, the way we see the world. And we need a willingness to choose to trust God's goodness and his love for us when he challenges us to set things away. When we have good soil, God can work in us and deal with the rubbish in his lives, deal with the bad choices, deal with the disappointments, the things that have hurt us, the people that have hurt us. He can help us. Those times when life just isn't fair and then he can produce a fruit in us beyond what we expect, fruits of thankfulness and joy and peace. What kind of soil do you have in your life? Are you willing to break up the hard soil, remove the gravel, cut back the weeds, so that you continue to grow and thrive in your relationship with God? The choice is yours. Bye.